Let me invite you to open up God's Word with me this morning to the New Testament letter of 1 John. 1 John is near the end of the Bible. We'll be in 1 John chapter 4 this morning. And as stated just a few moments ago, uh, we will not have children's worship during this time. We're all right here uh, together for a short message. But kids, let me encourage you to to pay attention and to focus in because I, I need... Uh, your help in in just a few moments. And so I hope some of you will help me. We want to hear uh, some of what you received for Christmas. You see, it was, it was Christmas morning on December 25th in about 1991, and Santa Claus brought me a uh, kid's toy microphone and stand with a built-in speaker, and I remember being pretty excited about that. It was Christmas morning, perhaps the next year, I'm not sure, maybe 1992, and uh, Santa Claus brought the Jones uh, kids a, a large electric train with a track that would fill the room, and I remember watching it for hours. It's a few years later, maybe 1996 or seven or so, and I remember Santa Claus uh, brought me a brand new Orvis five-weight fly fishing rod for which I had been begging. I had no idea how to use it, uh, but after numerous um, line uh, wraps around trees in the backyard and retine leaders, I figured out how to cast that rod. But I want to hear from some of you kids. Uh, I, I need your help. So so with, with some of you kids, if you're kids, would you, would you run down here and tell me what you got for Christmas? Anybody at all? Somebody come tell me. I might have a little something for you if you participate. Somebody tell me. Yeah. Kids and kids at heart. Come on. Come on. There's one I see. Preacher's kid. Come on down. All right. Tell us tell us your name and tell us your, your favorite gift from Christmas this year. Uh, my name is Paxton. And uh, my favorite gift was my Bakugan. Bakugan. I'm not sure I can spell that. But it sounds... G. I think there's a G in there. G-U-N. That sounds good. All right. Thank you, Paxton. Y'all give it up for Paxton. There you go. Have a peppermint. Anybody else? Any other kids? Anybody want to tell us? Kids? Kids at heart? Come on down. We want. We want to hear what. What did? What's your favorite gift that you received this Christmas? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Okay. Come on down. All right. Tell us, tell us your name and what's the favorite gift you received this year? My name is Blakely and my favorite gift was a Fitbit. Awesome. Blakely. How about a peppermint? Yeah. Give it up for Blakely. A Fitbit. Anybody else? Anybody else? We want to hear what you got for Christmas. Come on, Reagan. Tell us your name. Um, my name's Reagan Smith. Just, yeah, I just told him, didn't I? <laughs> And what did you receive for Christmas? A Favorite TV. Gift? A TV? Woo! Here you go, Reagan. Hey, you, you might want that. Thank you. I'll keep you awake during church today. Anybody else? Anybody else? If not, that's okay. I might call on you later, and it might be a better gift. So just hang tight. All right. Well, I, I, do, I do want you to hear something. I want all of us to hear something this morning. Uh, some some really good news 
the best news, the greatest news, news greater than uh, we can imagine, really, mind-blowing news, good news. And perhaps you're quite familiar with this news, maybe uh, you're not, but I want to share it with you. Are, you. are you ready for it? Here it is, here it is, here's the news. God loves you far, far more than you love the greatest gift you've ever received. Far more than any gift you or I have ever received or anything that we might be attached to here in this life. God loves you far, far more, way, way, way more than you love your very best gift. How do we know that? Just let that sink in for just a moment. What you love more than anything. Some of you, no doubt, you you kids receive some good stuff. And I, I can only imagine that some of you cannot wait to get back home and to play with those things even today. But how do we know that God loves us more than we love even those things? And He does. There's no doubt that He does. And how do we know? We know because He tells us so. He tells us so in His Word. So we want to hear that this morning. We need to hear that this morning, regardless of our age, whether or not we're kids or adults, senior adults, somewhere in between, wherever we are, we, we need to hear this news. We need to hear it again and again and again. And so let's hear it today. John helps us hear it today from 1 John chapter 4, two verses, short text, verses 9 and 10. And so as you find your place there in the Bible, would you join me standing? All who are able, would you join me standing for the reading of of God's holy word. This is God's word. So John, a friend of, of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, a disciple, an evangelist, a preacher, theologian, a pastor. Listen to what he says. He says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And, oh God, we pray that you would help us to understand this truth. Drive it home in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We may be seated. Just... A moment ago, just a moment ago, I, I said that God loves you more than you love your greatest gift. He loves you more than anything or anyone that you love. It's true for all of us. How do we know this? The Bible says that God showed us his love or that he proved his love or that he demonstrated his love. He expressed his love or he manifested his love by sending his only son to us. God showed us his love by sending his only son. That's what John says. That's what the Bible says. God showed us his love by sending his only son. Now today's text, these couple of verses present the coming of Jesus from, from God the Father's point of view. Right? From the Father in heaven. We, we believe as Christians, we believe that there's one God who is three persons. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of course, Jesus is the Son. And our text presents the, the coming of Jesus, 
the birth of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the mission of Jesus from the Father's perspective. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son. We encounter this phrase, one and only son, several times in the New Testament or as in the King James Version, only begotten son. John uses it a few times to describe Jesus. Listen to what John says in John chapter 1, verse 18, describing who this is who has come. He says, no one has ever seen God. We, we learn that from the scriptures. In fact, remember way back when we were in Exodus, we remember Moses prayed to God, God, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. I want to see you, all of you, for who you are. I want more of you. And God said, no, you can't see me and live. So I'm only going to give you as much as you can handle. John says, no one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. See, Jesus is God's one and only Son, the the only one. The Jesus who was born in Bethlehem. One who was born and laid in a manger. The one of whom the angels sang and to whom the shepherds came is the fullness of God in human flesh. God's only son. He's irreplaceable. He's well loved. He's one of a kind. He's been around forever enjoying perfect relationship, perfect friendship, perfect fellowship, perfect harmony with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And yet God showed us his love for us. By sending his only son to us. Any any kids or students? Anybody want to help me read this morning? Anybody read a verse? Hey, there's there's a there's a gift involved. (laughs) Anybody willing to read the verse? You know, come on, come on, Andrew. You might not even need to read this one. Is it on the screen? There it is. Oh, I know this one. I think you know this. Could you read this text for us? Tell us your name. Tell us your name. Oh, my name's Andrew. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. His one and only son. Thank you, Andrew. I'll give it up for Andrew. Andrew here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for reading this morning. John 3.16, right? A well-known... Somebody else might read the next time. Yeah, some of you think, ah, yeah. I saw that green stuff. I don't know how much it was. Don't tell them. Make them think it's a lot. You see, John wants us to know Jesus is God's one and only Son. He's unique. He's well-loved. He is the greatest gift conceivable. John Stott said no greater gift of God is conceivable because no greater gift was possible. This is God's cherished son. You see, like John, who's writing here, Paul, the apostle, also understood this. He he knew the nature of this gift. He He was overjoyed and overwhelmed by the nature of the gift of God's son. And so he writes to the church in Corinth. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
There's no way to describe the significance, the value, the worth of, of this gift. Friends, this is love. This is love. This is God's love. God showed us his love by sending his only son. But not just sending his son, but sending his son to die. You see, God showed us his love by sending his only son to die. He sent his son to die. This is why Jesus came. This is why he was born. This is why the prophecies concerning the birth of the Messiah were fulfilled. He came to die. This was the Messiah's mission. This was the fulfillment of God's promise and plan to redeem lost sinners. The coming of Christ happened just the way God planned. Remember what the angel said to Joseph? Remember Joseph is terrified upon finding out that Mary, the woman to whom he is pledged to be married, is is pregnant. She's with child and he's got nothing to do with it. He's no doubt terrified and he's also angry. But the angel of the Lord says to Joseph, Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name. In other words, you're going to be there. You're going to be his father. You're, you're going to name this son. You are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means the Lord saves. Yahweh saves. And through Jesus, we are saved from our sins. Have you been saved from your sins? Do you know that you're forgiven? Do you know that you've been rescued because the eternal Son of God, Jesus Himself, has come to us to rescue us, to die for us? Have you been saved from your sins? Anybody else want to read? I got some more. Come on down. Come on. Come on, Cade. Yes, sir. Tell, tell us your name and you can read it off the screen. My name is Cade and I'm going to read you John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Cade. Hey, hey, don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. I'll give it up for Cade. Ooh, don't take it all. Don't take it all. Thank you. The Lamb of God. He's God's Lamb, sent of God. By God. He's the Lamb of God, implying that He's a sacrifice headed to the slaughter. And this is how we know what love is, John says. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. This is love. God's love. It's not simply an abstract principle or a mushy sentiment, but a deep care and lasting commitment to save us. Such love, care, and commitment that God sent His one and only Son, His only begotten Son, His unique Son, to die for us. This is love. Salvation comes through sacrifice. Jesus came to be sacrificed. He came to die. He was born to die. In our short text, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, John doesn't specifically mention 
Jesus' death, but no doubt it was on his mind. It's implied. Because for John, it's quite clear in the rest of his writing that his theology of salvation includes the death of Jesus. It includes sacrifice. It had to be. It's a central part of his message. The Father sent the Son as an atoning sacrifice, NIV, or to be the propitiation for our sins, ESV and others. Propitiation. It means a sacrifice that satisfies God's just demand for sin to be punished. For he is a righteous judge, a perfect judge. And to say that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins is to say that he took God's wrath, all of it. The full judgment of God for sin. Sin brings divine wrath because God is a just judge. On the cross, Jesus bore that wrath. He bore God's wrath. He did it. He did it. He accomplished it. And he didn't do it for good or moral or deserving folks. Right? This, this wasn't something reserved for those who make the dean's list or the honor roll or have summa cum laude next to their name. He didn't do it for the ones with great character or who won the sportsmanship award. All good things, by the way. He didn't do it for those folks. He did it for undeserving sinners, for all of us. He did it for undeserving sinners like you and like me. This is love. This is agape love. A love manifested in self-sacrifice. The pursuit of another, another one's good at one's own cost. The pursuit of our good at God's cost. God sent His Son to die for our sins, verse 10. Friends, God showed us His love by sending His only Son to die for sinners. To die for sinners. See, the depth of God's marvelous and unexplainable love is seen in the sending of His Son, His only Son, Jesus, to rescue totally undeserving sinners. And at Christmas, we celebrate the sending of the Son to be our Savior. We celebrate God's Son, God's great gift to us, not because we are lovable, but because He is love. God is love in the coming of Christ, the coming of Christ to die for sinners. God demonstrates His love for us. That's what John is saying. That's what the Bible is saying. Anybody else want to read? Got maybe one more, maybe two Come on, come on, Sydney. See what's happening. Show the money and the older kids come. <laughs> Thank you, Sydney. Tell us your name and would you read this verse? My name is Sydney. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 8. Thank you. Y'all give it up for Sydney. Thank you, thank you. Let's see if I got any left. There you go, ma'am. Merry Christmas. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Undeserving sinners. And church, isn't this what we've been hearing in our time through Ephesians? If you're visiting with us, we've been working through the New Testament letter to the Ephesians. 
walking through that message in God's word that we were sinners in need of someone to rescue us, that we were dead in our sin, continuously rejecting the very God who made us to know him, rejecting the one who created us in his image and who invited us to know him and to be in relationship and right relationship and fellowship with him. We've been hearing that that we were sinners rejecting again and again and again this one who made us for him. Paul says it this way in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, as for you, you were dead. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. When you follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Paul says all of us, so every single one of us also lived among them at that time. That's where we live, the realm in which we live, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. All of us. That's what the scriptures teach. That's what the word of God says. Undeserving sinners, unworthy recipients of God's good love. Oh, but you know the rest of the story, right? You know that that's not where the story ends. The story of God's love, of his sovereign, eternal, infinite, great love for us while we were still dead in our sins. Paul goes on, he says, but because of his great love for us, we're deserving of his wrath. Living for ourselves, rejecting him. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And friends, because of his grace, we are now his Are you one of his? Are you a recipient of his mercy because you've turned and trusted in Jesus, the only son of God for the provision of your salvation, the only provision possible? Are you one of his, a recipient of his love, fully forgiven and set free, not because you deserved it, none of us do, but because God loved you and invited you to be his? Paul would say it this way, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, you who were once far away, you you weren't his people, you weren't part of his people, you weren't pursuing him, you didn't know him, you weren't living for him, you were separate from Christ and excluded from citizenship among God's people, you weren't part of his kingdom, you who were once far away have been brought near, you've been brought near, you've been brought in. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Friends, this is love. Christmas is about God's love. His love for us. His love for undeserving sinners. My, oh my, what a love. Do you you know His love? I mean, really, do do you know this love? Do you believe that this is who God is? That He is love and that He has sent His Son to save you, to rescue you. Do you know his, his love? This is love. You don't need to work for it. Just receive it. Rest in his love. Rest in God's love for you. 
John says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, I don't know what this Christmas is like for you. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you are worn, slap out. Maybe you're ready for a nap. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you're missing a loved one who's not with you right now. Maybe you're happy. Thrilled about what you've received and can't wait to continue enjoying it. Maybe you're you're eager. I don't know. I don't know what this Christmas is like for you. But know that the Lord your God loves you. Oh, how he loves you. He loves you more than you could love anything. And so he sent his son, his only son, to save you. So know his love. Believe it. And rest in it. Oh, God, help us to do so. Help us to believe it. Help us to receive it. God, help us to walk according to it. In the midst of hustle and bustle, in the midst of distractions, in the midst of temptation, in the midst of loneliness, in the midst of all that we encounter, day after day after day, Father, we pray that today we would rest in your love that we would have full confidence in the message of the gospel and that your spirit would impress it upon our hearts throughout this day, throughout this week, for the good of your church and the glory of your name. And so, God, with grateful hearts, we say today, thank you. Thank you for for hope realized through the coming of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, thank you for peace with You, peace with you, a right relationship with you by your grace through faith in Jesus who was born, who lived, who died, who rised, who reigns so that we can be saved. And, oh God, we give thanks for joy in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of hardship, and whatever we face here, we thank you that we can have joy in Jesus Christ. And, oh God, we say thank you for this gift of love. Unfailing love. Forever love for us. Oh, Father, we're unworthy, but we gladly receive it. And may we live our lives for you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.